So welcome everybody. This is me, Yura, uh, for The Honesty, and I have my girlfriend here tonight. I'm very excited to invite her. Hi, Yura. Um, Thanks for having me tonight. I have specifically invited you to talk about relationship dynamics and relationship types and relationship spectrum because of how difficult it has been for me to describe people in what kind of entanglement I am with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a similar experience. And also, I'm like kind of hoping that our conversation here will sort of set up like a little bit of a frame, a framework, but more like give, give ideas to people what relationships can be differently from what we think relationships should be. Because relationships are so diverse and different for each person in each constellation. And there could be more constellations than just two people. And I really want to introduce that idea that relationship is a diverse process and it can involve many people. And I want to sort of give an example using you because you have gone through a variety of relationship types. I imagine and I would like you to share your experience and the struggles and the gains and the losses and like just the organic process of what it is like to be a diverse person in diverse relationships and hopefully inspiring some of you guys out there in the world to just try out new things and maybe do not follow the norms but rather come up with something of your own something that you like something that works for you i don't know what first question to ask right now in what kind of relationships are you right now Ooh, that's already a big question um so i have one anchor partner i guess also our description of our relationship has changed over the years um and we've been together for almost four years we live together um and we have been open or polyamorous uh since we met since we started dating uh i already knew you when we were started when we started dating um yeah so i guess you saw all the process of um me being with that person and then i have rather like a network of lovers friendly lovers people i sometimes date um and yeah you and me have this uh significant relationship that doesn't really have a conventional label or a conventional name um yeah and like this year i've i have had lots of very like intimate loving experiences with people that i would not describe being in a relationship uh, in, in a conventional sense, but they are significant in, in my life. Um, yeah. So what is a significant person and how is a significant person different from a person with whom you're in a relationship, for example? Um, I think it's mostly that still being in a relationship comes with so many ideas and expectations um or certain frameworks that we put like what does it mean but indeed when i abstract from that a little bit then i i like saying i'm in a relationship with you um, or i have a relationship with someone and that of course can be manifested in so many different ways um yeah so i often try to i mean it's it's both on the one hand it can be super beautiful saying like hey you're my girlfriend we're in a relationship and like making it official and like this desire of wanting to shout it out in the world um, and at the same time allowing to take a step back from labels or how it needs to look um, and even if i don't want to put expectations using a certain label can still lead to these expectations being put on myself or the other or others do you have an example in mind um hmm. yeah so i have i've had a relationship talk uh recently actually like a month ago with someone that is significant in my life but we're both like we don't live in the same city 
we have our main partners in like our other life in a way um so it was kind of clear that we don't want to um be the main the main primary person in our lives but there is something about our connection that that feels very deep and significant and we didn't really know how to frame it um and on the one hand i have this like wish of him being my boyfriend and at the same time when i think about it it means like so do we then need to see each other every month or what about christmas or how involved do we need to be in our everyday affairs and there's just a lot of like questions or ideas that come up with this term um but it was really good having this talk of like hey what does it mean to be in my life and i want you to, and how we framed it in the end is like i want you in my life and this is how i could imagine it looking and uh, we were much more aligned than we thought which was really cool and i think if we would have sticked to just saying okay let's be together and boyfriend and girlfriend i think the there would have been a lot less clarity what what that means yeah i remember just recently somebody uh a person i liked pulled me over and he said will you be my girlfriend and i i froze i just like Ugh! there was no i couldn't breathe and my first what come with the first thing that came out of my mouth was what does that imply what do you have to do and he said like well whatever you're doing right now and i was like oh okay i can do that <laughs> yeah. but then eventually with while in continuing that narrative of being girlfriend and boyfriend i did learn that there were more expectations that have not been communicated that the person himself he didn't want to have those kind of expectations towards me but he had and because he didn't communicate it there was like rough patches where i was sort of navigating it's like something is off and i don't know what but i'm just gonna let him figure out until like later on he would tell me about all the expectations that came with being his girlfriend that for me like if he would have communicated i would be like i'm so down for this i just like i didn't know that you wanted it i really i'm like so happy to be that person uh, but then he had the response of like no 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 but i don't want to be this guy who demands this from you and like but i'm so willing <laughs> He's like, but I don't want to. And so it was just like very difficult for from the perspective that first of all, the expectations came with the, you know, will you be my girlfriend? That the person themselves was rejecting. And so it was really difficult to relate or to set some sort of ground of what it is to be a girlfriend and boyfriend in that setting. And I imagine it's a vulnerable and courageous act for somebody to get very clear and say, it's like, okay, so will it be my partner? And this is what the partner, this is what I want my partner to be and look like. And this is what I prefer us to do and I prefer not to do. That would have been so much nicer, but we don't like, not sometimes me, I didn't have the capacity to communicate it that clearly because something happens when I'm in the, in the relationship with someone, then I'm like, in, I'm like started to enmesh a little bit. Like I lose myself a little bit. I don't know what I want. I'm like, get a bit panicky what the other person wants. So the communication is always like a, a difficult, I don't know, difficult, difficult to maintain like sanely difficult difficult to have emotionally sober conversations when in a relationship for me how yeah. do you have yeah okay go on because i um, have another question now i think i forgot what i wanted to say um oh yeah yeah i think it also is it's it keeps getting being difficult um like exploring and laying out what we wish for and maybe the other person can't give it and so then navigating so what does this mean so not saying it also um like prevents the situation of um getting clarity that there is no alignment even though of course it will happen anyways but uh, i think that that there i definitely have this like fear of i want you in my life and maybe the other person says like yeah but i can't be that right now and 
Yeah, it's like clarifying and stating what you want, your preferences. It's a risky business because then you create circumstances where another person, you you might get disillusioned and realize that the other person is not that person that you want. Yeah. Or the other person cannot be the person that you want. So coming back to my question, the one that I didn't communicate yet, what I'm curious about is, so for me, it's very difficult to relate and communicate with one person already. How do you communicate with more than one person when you have more entanglements? Mm, so maybe I can quickly um, just explain what polyamorous means or how I usually refer to it. Um, so being polyamorous or for me being polyamorous means being romantically or sexually involved with more than one person and romantically and sexually is a very wide spectrum. Um, so there's like a lot of different ways of, of being with each other. Um, and then there's like also a wide spectrum of um, like how committed or regular these things can be. Um, but the idea is that everybody or at least the most important people know about each other and they're consenting. And I, before I start dating someone, I usually tell them uh, that I'm polyamorous and that, that I have a partner and um, yeah, just that they're aware that that's the deal. Um, yeah, I mean, most of the time it is still communicating with one person, like one person at a time. Um, but I definitely have a, it's not a, it's not a super strict rule, but uh, I mostly want to date people or get involved with people who are already polyamory polyamorous or already have a little bit of experience, um, so that there is some shared understanding that um, like there are other people in my life that um, get like romantic and sexual attention um, and that they're involved in in these fields in my life. Mm. Yeah, and for example, we're we're making New Year's plans right now, and uh, it was it was a lot of like back and forth of who wants to be involved and like who wants what and with whom and when and also now with Corona, like who feels comfortable with what size, and so there was a lot. It's there was a lot more loops um, than just saying like, oh, let's hang out on New Year's, and there's one person to ask, and it's a yes or no. Um, mm. yeah. And so that was an interesting example of how it can sometimes, uh, take more effort, but usually I, I feel the, the communication loops are, are fairly, um, fairly easy to overlook. Well, yeah. For me. Mm. <clears throat> Would you tell me your history? How did you get into a poly? Like, how did you get into a poly lifestyle? Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting question because for me, um, it almost feels very similar to me discovering that I am pansexual, which is a bit similar to bisexual. So basically, I'm uh, attracted to all genders. Um, and it was also about the same time that I started thinking about that um, when I was like 15. And it just made so much sense inside of me to have like uh, a partner, like a boyfriend or a girlfriend and being together with another couple or we're kind of like, I, I really imagined this like four people being together and just being this like, this like squad of, of romantic love together and it, it it just made so much sense in my head and in my heart and I was like oh god this is so exciting but of course like I didn't know that this existed or that this could exist or that people are doing that um so it took another like uh half decade <laughs> until I actually <laughs> met people um who were living like that and then now since about four or five years I'm like out like uh, living living openly uh, polyamorous and when I start dating people then I tell them and my current boyfriend I met at a poly meetup which I haven't been that many times um, but yeah I was lucky <laughs> the first time I went there and we both said at the beginning like before we started dating it was like okay 
like if you want to date me this is I, I don't want a monogamous relationship and we can only go into this if that's if you're aware of what that means um of course also every poly relationship is different but um yeah and i think one of the experiences that i that i had or first encounters with polyamory was a documentary about a gay triad um and i was amazed it was like oh my god there's actually people living in like multiple people relationships somewhere in the world queer multiple people relationships like i was just i couldn't believe it and i was so excited um yeah so i think that was the first step to realize it's possible and of course then it just takes a lot of exploring um where to find people that match uh, that type of relationship so where did you find people that match <laughs> uh, definitely in Berlin <laughs> much easier <laughs> um I've had a few like I've dated a few people where I grew up close to Munich and they were they weren't really polyamorous and they knew and they they accepted it at the time and they knew that there's other people um and also it was just for a shorter time because I was already planning to move away uh and I think at the beginning they were a bit skeptical, but once they noticed that they still get all the attention um, and love that they wished for at the time, they were much more relaxed. And I think they just couldn't imagine it at the beginning. Um, but it was also clear that it's probably not something long-term that they wanted. Um, yeah, and then when I moved to Berlin, I went to this poly meetup where I met my current boyfriend and you and me, we already, uh, met each other at a Tantra retreat. Um, yeah, and then I just kind of got into the sex positive, like, yeah, kinky scene in Berlin, which I think there's a lot of, like Berlin is definitely a good crowd for polyamorous people. Um, yeah, I'm on a dating app called Field, and there's also a lot more polyamorous people um yeah and there's a lot of facebook groups like i think depending on where where someone lives there's many um places to like go and and uh find other other non-monogamous people yeah so what are the challenges that you have encountered while getting into a poly or like going dating and saying hey i'm polyamorous this is what's available. Mm. What are the problems, challenges? So I think there's like two sides of this. One, the being in poly relationships or relationships in general. Um, and I guess most of the challenges are the same than any other relationship. Like they're not so <laughs> unique. And of course there are some specific poly um, dynamics that maybe aren't there in in uh, monogamous relationships um but so i think one challenge for me was to understand or also in like understand the general difference between connection and compatibility like just because i feel very attracted to someone or we really get along it doesn't mean that what we want is a line or that um, how we want to be in a relationship uh, matches and yeah like i think understanding and accepting that uh, i find that often very difficult and kind of admitting to myself like hey i really like i feel a strong draw to this person but we just don't match and that maybe sucks um but for like my emotional being, it's better to not invest because I know in the long run we won't we won't be able to give each other what what we want. Um, and I often find that difficult because my my body and my heart is like ah, oh, but this person is great. Um, so kind of finding maybe different ways how to appreciate the connection while acknowledging that the compatibility is not so high um and then 
yeah like the other and the, like and that's just one example and but the other part of challenges is just um stigma and discrimination and not being able to always freely talk about my relationships uh in in all um scenarios um and i mean in general i think most of my experiences have been really good like even at my old workplace i could um i told them at some point um and it was less of an outing i just kind of talked about my two boyfriends at the time and um yeah they were i mean it was kind of weird but they were also quite open um but yeah, I know that that's not the case for most people. And so that's definitely a big, a big challenge. Um, yeah. Is there any situation or circumstances where you would not share that you are polyamorous and that you have multiple partners? Mm, so I think most of my family probably doesn't know. I mean, my parents know it um and maybe one of my aunts um but i just yeah i just like they know my my like one of my partners um and so i, I imagine that they just think like this is my boyfriend and we're a heterosexual monogamous couple and just because they wouldn't assume that there's another possibility um and parts of me wish that i could like that i could just like tell all the stories with how how i would just tell them and not modify um but at the same time it doesn't feel so relevant um and as my parents know and they're very accepting um i think that's the most important part um yeah but also like at university i definitely i try to be as open as i can but there's definitely sometimes moments where I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so that's definitely, yeah, there's definitely always moments where sometimes I think about how much to share because it usually, the thing is it's not, it's this like weird moment of if I say it, it probably becomes a topic. Um, it's a little bit like, um, if someone assumes I'm heterosexual, I don't always want to tell them that that's not true um, because then it's just, it's just like extra effort and yeah, I don't always want to do that. Um, but I try as often as I can. And have you had any negative reactions to your lifestyle? Yeah, definitely a few. I think like mostly positive and very supportive um yeah but i think some people just cannot understand like for them it's just um like it it's it's like sluttery and it's not real relationships and it's just fucking around or um yeah and, like i think less less to relationships but more also being involved with um like women or other genders, I think that's even more um, problematic, like both being poly and being also with women or uh, like non-binary people. I think that that's all, um, yeah, I think I've, I've received more like active discrimination against that rather than poly because that's not so obvious. Um, like it's, it's more rare that I walk with two people on my hand uh, um on the street and more common that i work with a woman for example and so the direct representation of that um yes it can be easier attacked um, but it, luckily it also has been uh, not that much but it's still it's definitely not a nice feeling and i'm still yeah it's it, it hurts every time yeah what would you like those people to know those people who live in conventional relationships and they judge or don't understand other types of relationships mm. i mean one thing that i wish them to understand is that me living this way does not judge how other people live and it's just mm. me doing me and 
Um, yeah, that being polyamorous is no danger for monogamy. Um, and, and at the same time, uh, most people grow up thinking monogamy is the only option. So of course, if there are more people living non-monogamous, it empowers people to question, is this how I want to live? Um, but that doesn't mean that people get converted or uh, <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> um yeah and mm, i also i also would really like them to know that it's also possible to have a family and that it's not just like a wild lifestyle for your 20s um yeah like i think that there's many many different forms how that can be lived and maybe it is just for a while and maybe it is uh for for a lifetime and I do know a bunch of marriages of heterosexual monogamous marriages that were short term, short term, not yeah. a long term. Exactly. And no one starts questioning monogamy uh, after <laughs> all the breakups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also there is like, uh, like if polyamory doesn't work for someone or they have had, they've had bad experiences in a relationship, uh from my observation people most often judge polyamory as the concept rather the people and their behavior um and no one judges monogamy for like bad relationship behavior and yeah so sometimes when judging polyamory just replace the word polyamory for no monogamy and think if that would be something you could also reasonably say and if not maybe think about it again yeah, I want to share my own personal story where I grew up in a dysfunctional family and I didn't really see a functioning monogamous relationships. And I grew up knowing just like, just we have this like a grain belief monogamy doesn't work. I don't believe in monogamy. It's not possible to be attracted and love one person for the rest of your life. There is like, it's absolutely not possible not to feel attraction and be curious about other people in the in the two people constellation in the marriage or so and so in my 20s i did explore when i when i met a guy who also didn't want monogamous relationship i did went to the extreme um of of trying to live monogamy and i burnt so many times it was like the worst one-year relationship i ever had in my life just because i didn't know how to be mono, how to be polyamorous i didn't know how to communicate i didn't even know what i like i was so badly in tune with my own needs mm. that i didn't i thought that okay i chose this relationship now i need to tough it up if i feel jealous i need to go away you know make this heart surgery to myself and take out my heart and just like go back to the relationship and be cool um and there is like so much bad communication that i did in other relationship constellations although i had an amazing amazing moments i also had a lot of hurt moments and at the at some point i decided that i don't want to manage like i came up with stories how polyamory is shitty and i just want like strict monogamy just because i never had it i don't even believe it's like kind of like prove me wrong <laughs> monogamy doesn't work prove me wrong change my mind and I do notice that when I talk about polyamory, like I have this charge when I speak about polyamory, but really what I'm having the charge is about feeling hurt of all those moments when I um, crossed my own boundaries, when I allowed things to happen that I didn't really want to happen, when I didn't really communicate what I wanted, when I witnessed my partner saying one thing and doing another thing, and then me thinking that I have to be cool with it. So there's a lot of mistakes that I made that I, which I hurt myself and I stopped believing in polyamory. It's like polyamory is not for me. Fuck this shit. I hate it. I'm like, I want to like, I don't know, just get really aggressive. And at the same time, I know that I don't believe in monogamy. I don't know how to do it. And I'm in this, like right now I'm 30 years old and I know what I want but I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to be in a relationship. So I'm like looking, looking the spectrum in the spectrum of like fucking around type of polyamory. 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm aware that this is not like a linear spectrum, but it's more like, I don't know, it's different to a very rigid monogamy. Where, how do I find myself here? How, like, how can I create the relationship that I want? Um, so before I answer that, I, I just have a comment on the experience you had. And I think it's very common, um, this dynamic of like, oh, now I'm in a non-monogamous relationship. So now everything goes. I can't have boundaries. I'm responsible mm -hmm. for all my feelings and my jealousy. And I'm not allowed to ask my my partner not to do something because we're open. And so, um, and I think that that is very destructive to like building healthy agreements and boundaries um, and dealing with jealousy. And because the other, the other extreme is like, your partner is responsible for everything and all your jealousy and they're not allowed to do anything that makes you jealous. Um, and so it's kind of like finding this middle ground of sure experiencing jealousies is um, like, is a, it's a very common experience and finding ways how to cope with it and understanding why do I feel jealous? Like, do I have a story? Is it something that I want that I'm not getting? Um, am I like scared to lose someone? And how can I get reassured that that's probably not gonna happen? Um, yeah, so kind of like finding ways to work through it and in the best case, being more connected with yourself and the other person um, and really like empowering yourself to have boundaries um, and just because you have a boundary doesn't mean your partner needs to respond to that, like not intentionally crossing it, of course, but um, I think there is also some, sometimes an expectation of this will be hurtful and now my partner can't do it, but I think it's good to find agreements um, where the relationship can grow in uh, and, and uh, be, um, yeah, create more depth rather than um, making like rigid rules um, because they don't usually, like you can never make rules that apply to everything. Uh, and yeah. So, and how to find yourself on the relationship spectrum. So I think one good step is already acknowledging that there is the relationship spectrum rather than there is only monogamy and there's only polyamory and there's only two ways of doing things. And I mean, there's so many more labels that you could use um yeah and so i guess one thing that you said you already did like learning from experiences what didn't feel good and imagining what would you have needed to feel safe or to feel like to work through it um because maybe like i sometimes have that of like oh cool let's do this and this together but in order to have this experience i need this and this um so for example, and maybe it's a bit of like a Berlin cliche example, but going to a sex party together, like sounds great, uh, but let's set some, like let's have a talk before what we imagine, because sometimes maybe we both just want to be there together, but we're most of the time just like checking out other people or being more in our own journey. And then afterwards we come together and be like, hey, how was your evening? Or we intentionally want to go in together it doesn't actually have to be a sex party. It can be any party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, let's be there as like a couple and we like spend the night together and we're more of like this, yeah, the, the, the two, two people together thing. Um, and are we going to leave together or not? So I think there's like ways how to, and that's just a small example, how to start conversations, what would feel good um, at the time. And I think that can be applied then also to relationships and um, learning like what, because I think what people start doing is like, oh, I'm just not a person for a party or a sex party, but maybe they are, they just need a different framework in which it works for them. Mm. Um, yeah. And maybe the first time they just wanna sit in the corner and have like hold someone's hands, someone's hand and watch. And that's the perfect experience for them at the time um, instead of thinking like, I need to have sex with five people, otherwise it wasn't successful. Um, and I think that that's very similar with relationships, like trying out uh, what is interesting and exciting and within 
the comfort zone might be stretching a little bit, but not constantly like overstretching all the time because um, like in either direction, like monogamous direction or non-monogamous direction. Um, yeah, and I think what I, what you and me have been talking about as well is knowing how to build trust and safety um, because from that base, it's much easier to be honest with desires and boundaries. Um, and I think if there's like a shaky, a shaky base of not feeling quite safe, not feeling totally in trust, um, yeah, I think it's much easier to fall into patterns. Um, yeah. How do people build safety, trust, and honesty? Because I have this one thing in my mind. It's like as soon as you, if you, if like one thing that I posted a quote from another live uh, was if you if you state your preference and your partner leaves or stonewalls you or tries to change you then you learn about the quality of that relationship and it means nothing else like it doesn't mean anything about you you have a preference and that's the kind of connection and the kind of relationship you're having with the person that is responding yeah i mean i think that that's a very uh, true thing like if um, if i have a wish or a desire or a preference then yeah first of all that's that it's just a preference and bringing that forward um, yeah like i think building trust is that the other person can just acknowledge that it's your preference it's not yet an expectation um and if they try to change you or maybe they get scared because they can't fulfill it um yeah i think it's like just practicing i hear your preference and like i check in with myself can i provide that or not and I think like having this middle step of you get to stage your preference and then there's like a moment of the other person taking it in and checking in with themselves rather than having to say yes. Um, maybe you're having to say no. Um, yeah, and I mean, building trust and safety, I guess is a big, is a big thing. Um, so one strategy that worked well with my ex-boyfriend, we, because we had a lot of um, uh, situations where we, where we didn't feel so safe with each other. And at some point we just were, we were sitting down together and writing like sentences that we could say in situations that we didn't feel so safe with each other, like reassurance um, about the things that we felt insecure about um, so that it was easier to request that like moment of safety with each other um, so we wrote down like sentences, but also actions. Like when do we feel connected? So in a situation where we're maybe fighting or or just not feeling very good with each other, what could we do to feel more connected, to feel like grounded and like get back to that that trust feeling that of course is somewhere there, but not always super present. Um, and then we also wrote down things that we can do for ourselves. Like how do we get back to grounding um, in like a heated situation that we can do for ourselves. Um, so it was good to see also what helps the other person because we often wanted to help, but we would just sometimes make it worse because we didn't know what would be supportive in the situation or what does the other person want to hear? Where's the current insecurity? Um, yeah, so I think being honest with where is the insecurity because it sometimes can feel even more vulnerable or maybe even shameful saying um yeah like i like i know you love me but right now it would be really nice to hear it because i feel insecure in the base of our relationship um or yeah i just want to feel like loved and hear it right now or i don't know something like that and i sometimes feel insecure about that um but i mean then of course there can be much much other many other things um but I think one of the biggest things, trust just builds over time. Um, and like, I think not rushing it is also a important lesson, like allowing, allowing trust to build um, and also to rebuild because there will be moments where you will feel hurt and where you hurt someone else. 
and yeah, allowing things to heal as well. Yeah. So for a person who wants to have a relationship on, on a spectrum, neither this nor that, we don't know what you and I, we meet or end. How do we proceed if we know that we want something that we don't want, but something that we want and we know that we don't want the strict mm. mono and strict poly or open. Mm. So I think start? one concept is um, to like not commit to a certain style or certain agreements, but committing to be with each other and like process things together um, as okay, we don't know what we want and what what things where we want to put the framework and the boundaries like maybe we're cool with um like dating someone else um but maybe only in another city or um only on holidays i don't know um like that, that's just an example and you don't know and so you're willing to um try things and then like check in afterwards of like okay so how was that and how are we feeling? And this is something we want to keep within our framework. And like, I think what allows that is the, the possibility to know of like, okay, I can do things and I'm committed to like work through and talk about it and like, look what, how we feel about it. And the kind of the commitment to not leave each other alone with the experience that comes afterwards um so i think that that's one possibility and another possibility is to start setting agreements and if there is a wish for changing that to then check in before something changes and be like hey this is coming up now um and i would like to talk about it if this if we can include this in our framework um and like even though it sometimes sounds a bit maybe bureaucratic but i definitely or from my personal experience i can recommend making some sort of agreements at the beginning even if it's just like vague uh, and i mean as clear like clear is always better um but there's just so much underlying um like thoughts and expectations that we are in agreement and in a line and like what things mean and it can, yeah, it's just better if there is more clarity um, at the beginning and then going from there. And um, yeah, and just being forgiving when things are surprising or maybe hurtful or you won't always know how it's gonna feel. And most likely your partner didn't intend to do something to hurt you, um, so I think keeping like being in good good faith with each other i think is very important and um, because even if it hurts like it doesn't mean that that was intentional um yeah so and one uh thing that has worked well or i think that works well for many people is creating like reconnection rituals where if there's a tough situation having also elements to like nurture your relationship because suddenly maybe it's about like a lot about someone else or or another situation and then having things that is just about your relationship um so you don't fall into the dynamic of suddenly we're just talking about others um but it, it stays also about you yeah. yeah and from a healthy point of view making clear safer sex agreements <laughs> is a, right. is very important um because yeah. that can be a very intimate thing and and it is also relevant um like health-wise how to approach that um one thing that i do want everybody to know that for me coming from a monogamous relationship into polyamorous relationship was a shock to learn about STIs and how easy it is to get STIs and although I was very careful but just the fact that I didn't ask a proof of my first partner with whom I had unprotected sex although we were in a two people constellation 
and he told me he got checked. He didn't provide me the whole information and I got STIs. And since then I got super careful and squeaky about STIs and before it's like for me coming from monogamous background in Lithuania, I was not aware about STIs. Now that when I meet someone, I'm the, the very first thing is like, when was the last time you got checked? Do you have HIV? Would you tell me if you did? And that's not a popular question. And also about the babies. I want to, I want, because I'm not using contraception and therefore I'm choosing men who can um, retain the ejaculation but shit happens or accidents happens and i'm having a baby talk very very early on in my in my relationship constellations and that is not freaking from this not freaking out to me because the consequence of getting pregnant with someone who i don't want to be in a long-term committed relationship would be more freaking me out than just to have a conversation about what is a potential action plan if we do get pregnant, for example, or, or if my partner accidentally ejaculates. And that's a conversation to have. I have it. Men can take it. And I mean, my partners could take it. And I imagine I want to encourage all women and people who can get pregnant um, to have the conversation quite early on if you have if you're sexually active. All right. So that's just the <laughs> safer sex. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm aware that we're at the end of our life at the moment. I really like the things that you said Thank about you. the trust and uh, forgot forgot already. Like all the safer safety talk, just like blurred everything that you said before. But I really liked it. Um, uh, and I like the idea. One of my colleagues, Chris, I think he. He, he introduced the idea that disappointment is disillusionment. It's like we, we experience disappointment when we come with expectations and then the other person, our partner does something and then we feel disappointed because they didn't live up to those expectations, which we probably didn't even know that we have. But the sense of disappointment is a disillusionment. Like the, mm -hmm. the illusion that we had about reality was taken away and we get to see the reality as it is. And yeah, the, the German word disappointment like is actually disillusionment. Uh, Correct. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know it before. Yeah, yeah, and I like it. I want to use it. And so now I'm like, I'm almost like fine with being disappointed. It's like cool, disappoint me because I really want to know what's the reality, what's behind yeah. the mask, what's yeah. behind the fog that I created about you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe that. And then from there, you can explore further what is possible. Like after yeah. there's less fog, there's yeah. Like at first, I thought I'm sitting with a prince, and now I see he's a frog. What do we want to do next? <laughs> Great example. Do, yeah. Do I want to be kissed? <laughs> happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. And so for the very, very end, is there anything else that you would like to add, Cosimo, about the relationship types or spectrum or mm -hmm. safety or love? Yeah, so I think one thing that I've learned in these years as well that um, relationships are allowed to transition and breakup is not the only option of a relationship status right. change. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think that that is a a big relief in a way that um, yeah that there is there is more more room for being with each other even though one phase of your relationship is not uh, yeah or is not continuing um, but maybe other parts can still continue and it's not a failure uh, to transition from one type of relationship to another. And then the transitioning will require as much time to build trust as it does. Yeah. And yeah. And it's okay to feel shaky and uncertain and scared and insecure and have all over. It's like, I know we had this conversation 20 years ago when we got married, but can we talk about these agreements that we made? It's like, are you like, like, can you reassure me that you're not going to leave me now that we're opening the relationship, for example? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can I can pitch my latest project on polyamory if if I can do that. You can definitely do it. Although I was advised not to pitch anything on the likes. All right, then and I still I'll put I, it in the comments. <laughs> well, I kind of like it because I I really I you're talking about the polyamory badges, right? Mm -hmm. I like it. I think it fits. I think they represent the spectrum, and I would like you to talk about them in three minutes. <laughs> um, so one of my um, metamors, which is the partner of my partner, so my boyfriend's other girlfriend, uh, we made a little um, project called polyamory badges or poly scout badges, where we made 24 designs and descriptions of different experiences um, that you have along the way of living uh, ethically non-monogamous and of course there's a wide wide spectrum and we couldn't cover everything um, but it was some of the experiences that we had or that we know other people had as well um and yeah we just made like little symbols for each other to like hey you've just um did that and like a year ago that didn't seem possible uh, or you maybe you didn't even know about it and now you're no. living it and um yeah <laughs> so <laughs> we thought about um some yeah, like some some symbols for that. And uh, they're really cute. <laughs> and we made like a set uh, with stickers and buttons. Um, yeah, and you can gift them to yourself or to your friends or partners or metamores. Um, or I learned a new word called the meta pat, the pat of your partner, uh, like different. <laughs> what is a pat? Like a dog or a cat, like a pet. A pet, yeah. oh. Yeah. Um, that is. I'm questioning this whole constellation. <laughs> I just um, don't know. Yeah, so the descriptions are also a bit educational, like explaining a few words um, or terms that you will probably uh, encounter when you live uh, ethically non-monogamous. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's that. I like it. And I do hope that our talk, just like you watched the movie back in the day about the three, about the three triple couple, the triple <laughs> there. And then some people who's going to watch this live and they're going to be like, oh my God. So there are types. What are those types? And then it's just the moment of like awaking the curiosity and start mm -hmm. looking up stuff and asking questions of people. And then you will see that there is a whole, Cosima has created a whole world to match your reality. <laughs> yeah, and if you have any more questions um, about being polyamorous or also pansexual, then um, feel free to write me a message. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Cool. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. Was fun. I really enjoyed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it came. It went through very fast. I was like, oh my god, thirty minutes already? Shit. There's so many more things I want to talk about. We can do another one. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. No questions Thank for you. today. <laughs> I'll see you on Monday. Thanks, Cosima. Thank you, Yura. Bye. Bye.